um, interviewing one. Okay, that was not A. A was the NFL theme. Oh, the comp, the tractor, yeah. The tractor, yeah, the NFL Final theme. Final answer, what is tractor? <laughs> what is tractor? <laughs> so even if... Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Joe Exotic's favorite football yeah. podcast. Yes. <laughs> Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic. Oh my god. Rest gosh. in peace to him. Uh, he's he's going to be free free Joe Exotic. Well, yeah, free free my man Joe Exotic. Uh, I'm once again, did I even say my name at the beginning of the podcast cuz I know I, I believe you did. Okay, I, I, maybe not, but this is gonna, you can tell all okay. this podcast is going to go up. I already <laughs> didn't remember that, but I'm joined Obviously, once again, by my illustrious producer, Joe. How's Dang. it going, Joe? It is going actually pretty good today. Yeah, that's yeah. good. The vibes are kind of chilling here today, not mm-hmm. going to lie. Um, one of your light bulbs is out in the studio here. It's kind of nice. And it's, yeah, the vibe's a little bit chill. Mood lighting. Yeah, mood lighting. So uh, if if you sense kind of a chiller vibe today <laughs> on the on the podcast, that's kind of why. Drop a like if you if you sense, <laughs> if you can feel our Leave chill vibe. Leave us a five-star rating if you sense a chiller vibe. Uh, and if you don't, leave us a five-star rating mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, Joe Exotic, do you... Uh, you watch Tiger King. Did you watch all of Tiger King? Yeah, oh yeah. You did? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Carol Baskin? Carol- <laughs> it's not safe to say on this podcast what oh, my thoughts dear. on Carol Baskin. You, why is she not locked up, honestly? I mean, yeah. the, the evidence against her is pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, it's not great at all. I think that they should lock her up just for the fact that she still is in my trending page on Twitter now. How does, like, <laughs> who is her manager? How is she constantly still relevant? Why aren't we in there? I know. Like, we put in work. All she does is have a cat sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Big cat sanctuary. Big cat Thank sanctuary. you very much. Thank, yeah. Okay, there's I, a difference. I'm subscribed. Subscribe. I'm one I, of the cool I, cats and kittens. Cool. You're one of the people that works there for free. <laughs> She's one such of the slaves. A, yeah, one of the slaves. Carol Baskin, honestly. Oh man. She's so if you haven't watched Tiger King, and by the way, this is the average Joe football show. Eventually we're gonna talk football, a ton of things going on uh in the NFL right now. Championship weekend coming up this weekend. That's right, the AFC and NFC championships. I got a got some the, really good matches. You mean the Super Bowl? No, not the Super Bowl. Oh, you know the other one yeah the other two stanley cup <laughs> yeah oh yeah the nba finals um <laughs> so we're gonna talk football but you know we're gonna do, do what we usually do start off with a little banter and speaking of banter carol baskin for those of you who have not watched tiger king basically carol baskin if you can summarize her character she is uh a an activist maybe mm, somebody yeah. who is supporting big cats uh and by taking big cats away from other uh makeshift zoos yeah uh but she puts them in worse cages <laughs> yeah the same thing um, like. and then and then not only does she make money off of that and makes a living off that but she also doesn't pay anybody that works at her she just volunteers yeah just volunteers it's unbelievable yeah at least joe exotic gives his <laughs> his employee somewhere to live yeah <laughs> right but honestly um if i'm in high school i need community hours you know what i mean yeah <laughs> Yeah, go work with some big cats. Yeah, I yeah, would but, love to do that for community hours. Oh, but yeah, but sure. I mean, but let's not act like what she's doing is any better. No, not you at all. You think she, you know, I don't know. Just 
Carol Baskin just a little. Oh yeah, also she probably killed her husband as well. If you haven't seen <laughs> Fetter to the Cat show, and here we are, uh, nine months after that Tiger King came out, and we're talking about Tiger King on the podcast now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason that we're talking about it is because Joe Exotic, he's in prison. Spoiler alert. Because yeah. uh, he hired a hitman to kill Carol Baskin, um, and also he was abusing cats apparently, um, but he was expecting, heavily expecting to be pardoned by Donald Trump here uh, on Donald Trump's last day in in, in the presidency. Today like, was where did that even come from that that they thought that that was going to happen? Was it just like a like a hunch? A, <laughs> they think like hmm, I think he's going to do it as a joke or think, one final send off or like what? <laughs> as a, a few months ago, I think that somebody. Somehow Donald Trump had talked about Joe Exotic. Somebody asked if he, they would pardon him, maybe as a joke or something. And then Donald Trump said, I'll take a look at it. And I guess through that, somehow Joe Exotic's legal team became very, very confident, like very confident that they were going to get pardoned. Uh, I think there was like 140 some pardons or something. Joe Exotic was not on the list. Oh so I think he's gosh. on a 20 some year sentence. So that's a rough go for a good old man Joe Exotic. Do you think there. Biden's ever gonna let him go? No, he's done. <laughs> well, uh, the, to be fair, I don't know if he really deserves, other than for entertainment purposes, to not to not be <laughs> in prison. Because uh, he did hire to kill somebody, you know. Yeah, um, but he was an emotional wreck. No, oh, yeah, like he was watching he, him break down and cry. <laughs> he was so sad. He was very dangerous. He was a danger to himself and everybody yes. else there oh, at the yeah. end of that show. If you haven't watched it. I would recommend it. You it know, is great. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's. It's quite a. It's a. It's a doozy to say the least. Uh, but yeah, he did not get. But he. They were so confident he was going to get pardoned that his legal team rented a huge stretch Dodge Ram limo, which I didn't even know they made those. It's a limo, but then it has a a box of a truck on the back. Oh man! And it was how long is the box? It's normal size. Oh, that's yeah. so gross! It's just a normal size. Imagine if the box was super long, <laughs> and it was just a normal size truck. <laughs> it's like a truck limo, but it's just a normal cab of a truck, and the rest is a tailgate, oh. or the rest is the box. Oh dear! Oh gosh! That would be even better, I think. Yeah, that would be that would be great. <laughs> Why do you need that much cargo space? What are you, what are you transporting? Another, what are you another, hauling, another, bro? Another limo? Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! But That's yeah, great. Apparently, they were they were so confident he was gonna get uh, he was gonna get uh, pardoned, and they were gonna go in the limo. They're gonna get McRibs after. It was gonna be a whole thing, uh, and now <laughs> they're gonna have to return that limo. Uh, so that's rough. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, that is that's rough. So you know, prayers up, thoughts and prayers to our man Joe Exotic, mm-hmm. uh, the fellow Joe. I was hello, really Joe. hoping he would get released so we could get him on the podcast. And actually, that brings us to our average Joe of the week. <laughs> average Joe of the week, and it's the legal team yeah. for for a Joe Exotic. They, you know, they got a lot of hype around it. Didn't quite get the job done, but in the end. You still have a stretch limo that's a Dodge Ram. Yeah. Was yeah. it rented or bought? I think they rented it. Okay. So I, I hope they at least took it for a spin. Yeah. I hope <laughs> they did it. It's Bernie's. Yeah. You know. I don't know. <sighs> you know. I don't know. I you guess, know. I don't know. You know. I don't know. But I guess maybe we should jump into football, Joe, unless you have anything or else not. you want to. Or not. We What's could, that? <laughs> we maybe couldn't. Okay. Or we shouldn't. I don't know. Um, we shall. We tried. So we usually we record this podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, and then yesterday we tried, we, I came over, we tried to record it. Uh, didn't work. Joe, why didn't it work? I bought a lemon of a computer, I think. 
No, I'm just having a lot of technical uh, difficulties with the program, the recording software, and my computer itself. Mm. So it was just a real pain. And we were but, both kind of emotional wrecks. Yeah, you know? so just we kinda, just called it a night. <laughs> yeah, we called it a night. Uh, and uh, and here we are on a Wednesday now. Mm-hmm. Episode comes out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I have a busy night ahead of me. Yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> oh yeah that's fault. like you really gotta get going then huh it's my fault yeah all right well that's gonna wrap up today's show um, thank you for listening <laughs> i'm just kidding why don't we just without further ado jump into a little bit of news first up in the news we have a ton a ton of head coaching hirings last week it's crazy i don't think we had any head coaches hired in any of the vacant spots and now this week we have all but two of the vacant spots filled with new head coach hirings we have the jacksonville jaguars hiring urban meyer the former ohio state uh and florida head coach multiple time national champion one of the greatest college coaches of all time and then we have the falcons hiring former tennessee titans offensive coordinator coordinator uh arthur smith and then the jets hire robert sala the defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. And then the Chargers with sort of a surprising move in hiring the defensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, Brandon Staley, who became a, a hot commodity there late uh, in in the hiring process because of his ability to shut down, completely shut down uh, that Seattle Seahawks uh, offense in the playoffs. And also he was the coach of the great or the best defense in the NFL this season, uh, statistically. And then we also had the... Detroit Lions hiring uh, the New Orleans Saints assistant head coach and tight ends coach Dan Campbell, the former player there uh, for the Detroit Lions and former interim head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, So some interesting hires. I'm definitely interested to see how Urban Meyer uh, does with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, He, uh, it's interesting. he, He is, like I talked about, one of the best college coaches of all time, without a doubt, it's it's really up. He's up there with guys like Nick Saban. I mean, he's got multiple national championships at different schools, uh, and and he had to you know cut his career off early there because of health reasons. And now he's going to the NFL, something that he's never been before. He's never coached in the NFL at any level, and now he's going to go and coach a team uh, with the number one overall pick, uh, potentially or almost guaranteed Trevor Lawrence. That seems to be one of the biggest reasons why Urban Meyer took this job is because. Uh, there's reports that he's excited to work uh, with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm interested to see how Urban Meyer gels in the NFL. If uh, maybe the NFL is easier uh, be, uh, as far as uh, stress goes, because you're not dealing with uh, school and and stuff of that aspect. You're you're not. Whereas in college, you're kind of the leader uh, in in your in your teaching kids. Now in the NFL, uh, you have kind of almost co-workers they're 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 grown men grown adults working with you uh maybe that puts less stress on him maybe it puts more stress on him uh but it's definitely interesting uh because the thing that i think urban meyer was best at in college football was recruiting uh that's kind of what what got him his success that's why ohio state is dominant uh still to this day is because um urban meyer's ability to get uh five-star recruits at ohio state get the best recruits best quarterbacks, best running backs. Uh, every year, year in and year out, they have the best talent uh, in the country, really. It's them and Alabama and schools like that. And his ability to to recruit 
uh, is something that will not be showcased in the NFL. You can't recruit the same way in the NFL as you do uh, in the NCAA because uh, you have cap space. Uh, it, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, and you have guys under contract for longer than four years, so you don't have a complete turnaround of the roster uh, every four years. It's definitely intriguing to see uh, if he if he can can take that next step, if he can lead a Jaguars team with very, very low expectations. I mean, they have not been a winning franchise uh, in a very, very long time. Uh, so we'll see if Urban Meyer can turn that around. And out of the other hirings, I, I I like most of the other hirings. I thought Brandon Staley was a huge surprise to Los Angeles Chargers. It seemed like that was going to be Brian Dayball's uh, chance to get a job. Uh, that 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 seemed like it seemed like from the beginning that was where Brian Dayball, the the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, was going to go. And then all of a sudden, the Bills don't get eliminated, uh, and and out of nowhere, uh, one evening, the Los Angeles Chargers decide, okay, we're just going to hire Brandon Staley. Uh, and he's a he's a young 30-something-year-old defensive coordinator. He worked with Sean McVay, obviously, like we said. Uh, coached up one of the best defenses we've seen in a while uh, in that Los Angeles Rams defense. And we'll talk about how they did this weekend uh, against the Green Bay Packers. So that's an intriguing hiring. I love the Robert Sala hi- uh, hiring by New York. Everybody has only good things to say about Robert Sala. So that's definitely an upgrade from Adam Gase there. And he's bringing a lot of really good coordinators with him. I'm interested to see if if they uh, if they keep Sam Darnold there uh, and try to maybe work him into the offense or if uh, they decide to go a different route with a new coach, uh, a new offensive coordinator, if maybe they try to get their own quarterback. So definitely a lot of intriguing um, situations there. Uh, Dan Campbell, I really like him as a person. I loved him when he was the interim uh, coach for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, definitely intrig- uh, intriguing. I think I've said intriguing and interesting probably 4,000 times. Here's uh, average Joe's. Sorry. Let me take that again. <laughs> oh, God. Joe was just sleeping. For those of you that no. Know. <laughs> he was asleep. Word of the day. Intriguing. Intriguing. Interesting. Interesting. Essentially the same. So it's very intriguing to see uh, how Dan Campbell... Handles it. He, I, I don't think he's so much an X's and O's guy, although I don't know all that much about Dan Campbell. So maybe he is an X's and O guy, but he seems like kind of a player's coach, a, a rah-rah kind of guy, a guy that's going to fire people up. And that works in certain scenarios. Um, and I'm definitely uh, excited to see you know if he can turn Detroit around, where the direction of, where that direction of that franchise is going, if Matthew Stafford will be there for much longer uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, but the Texans and Eagles, the two teams still yet to hire a coach. We haven't heard much as far as favorites go for the Texans' job. Apparently, they're now interviewing Eric Bieniemy. Deshaun Watson's involved uh, in that uh, as well. I guess they're trying a last-ditch effort to try to keep Deshaun Watson. So we'll see how that goes. And the Eagles, uh, it seems right now that Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, uh, is the favorite to get that job. And that's surprising to me i did not think josh mcdaniels was going to get an interview this this year uh, i didn't think there was a much of a chance that he'd ever get another interview after what he did to the indianapolis colts just a few years back uh for those of you that don't know indianapolis decided uh, a few years back before hiring frank reich um they were going to hire josh mcdaniels as their new head coach uh and josh mcdaniels got a staff together uh he brought people to uh Indianapolis. People were moving. People quit other jobs uh, to pursue this new job in Indianapolis. And after all of that, Josh McDaniel says, actually, never mind. I want to stay the offensive coordinator 
in New England, leaving many people jobless and not knowing what to do. So I have a very little bit of respect for Josh McDaniels. I don't have a whole lot of respect for him uh, after what he did there. And I can't believe that another team genuinely wants to give him a shot. I mean, I don't know what they saw in the Patriots offense this last year. That's like, yes, let's go get that guy. Uh, But Josh McDaniels, it seemed like he was just waiting uh, in the wings for Bill Belichick to retire. And he was just going to kind of take over as the head coach there once Bill Belichick retired. Uh, But now maybe he's looking at the situation. He's like, wait a second. Maybe Bill's not going to leave me with a very good team. And I'm not going to look very good. And you never want to be the guy to follow uh, the guy. You never want to be the guy to follow the greatest coach of all time. Uh, So maybe he's, he's getting cold feet and he's looking to move on. Uh, and definitely be interesting to see uh, if he moves on to Philadelphia. And then the next uh, little bit of news, the scouting combine. Uh, obviously, COVID is still happening, unfortunately, no matter how much we don't want it to be happening. Uh, that's another interesting thing. We're talking about Tiger King, Joe. Tiger King kind of marks like the very beginning mm-hmm. of COVID yes. in the Americas. I remember it. I remember it because... Uh... I had just, literally, I had just moved out. Hmm. I had moved out. I had um, become my own man, moved out of my parents' house. Very good. And uh, it was March, mm-hmm. and March is when it all hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I moved out. Rudy moved in with me. Mm-hmm. We were having a great time. Yeah. Me and Rudy were hanging out one night. He's like, dude, have you seen Tiger King? <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't. And then we proceeded to watch all of it. Together, nice. Together. Almost that's, all of it. That's together. really romantic. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Yeah, and that was... Because I remember they, they had the whole show, and then they did like the, the recap show or whatever, or like the mm-hmm. reunion thing. Yeah. And then they were all... Had to do it over Skype and stuff, because... I never even watched the reunion. Really? I never Oh, did. yeah, because of the whole quarantine thing. Or not quarantine, the... Whatever it's called. Yeah, quarantine. Self-isolation? Self-isolation, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They're all one and the same. Oh, and here we are, back exactly days. where we were at that point. Yeah. So, you know. Anyways, another thing that's canceled because of COVID, the NFL Scouting Combine. Joe, do you know what the NFL Scouting Combine is? Yep. Uh, Okay. Is it A, a NFL-themed piece of farming machinery? B, Mm. uh, a, a place where college recruits come and do workouts and do interviews uh, and 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 stuff like that in order for people to kind of get an idea of what they are, or is it C, uh, a pool party? What was the fourth option? There was none. Oh, yeah, none of the above. A, the um, interviewing one. Okay, that was not A. A was the NFL. Theme. Oh, the comp, the tractor. Yeah, the tractor. Yeah, the NFL. Final theme. answer: What is tractor? <laughs> what is tractor? <laughs> so even if. Even, so still wrong then. Yeah. A tractor is not a combine. No, I I know what the answer is. Okay. The one where well, they do workouts and interviews. It was kind of a softball, so it's okay. I wouldn't be that that impressed, you know, <laughs> that you knew the answer. But yeah, the NFL scouting combine, for those of you that don't know, like Joe does, uh, basically players come, they do the 40-yard dash, they do the bench press, they do all these, uh, people call it the underwear Olympics because that's where the, the guys are wearing their tights and they're doing all their things, they're getting all their measurements. Uh, and it's really like a, a weird type situation. And that's canceled this year. That's not going to happen because of COVID. Uh, they're not going to have any in-person workouts. Uh, it's all going to be at pro days. So the schools have their own pro days. Uh, and all the interviews are going to be done via, I guess, Zoom or Skype, whatever the difference is. 
uh, psychological testing also be done going to be done over zoom and skype uh, so that sucks i mean the nfl scouting combine is is kind of a lot of it is very pointless not gonna lie uh, but that's also where we get a lot of rumors and stuff about trades and signings and stuff because that's where a lot of NFL teams, uh, their front offices talk to other front offices. And, you know, there's we start to get a lot of rumors and stuff from the people attending uh, the combine. So we're not going to get maybe a whole lot of that this year. Uh, but hopefully, for the love of God, everything goes back to normal uh, eventually. Please, please. Uh, please, Joe Biden. Please, Joe. Please, Joe Biden. <laughs> Save us. Do you think that once America is kind of done, then everyone's going to be done? Like as with far COVID? As COVID? Oh, 100%. Goes, I think America just thinks it runs the world. I think once. No, they, well, they do. That's yeah, you, well, yeah, you're right. But I mean, like, what, I think once America is kind of done, then everyone's going to be like, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're done. Yeah. We're done too. So let's just let them be done already. Okay. Let's stop being mad that they're not taking it serious enough. Uh, anyways, moving on to the final bit of news, and that's Philip Rivers. With kind of a surprising retirement, Philip Rivers calls it quits after 17 years uh, in the NFL. Uh, he finishes fifth all-time in passing yards, uh, 421 all-time passing touchdowns. Uh, really a tremendous career, probably the best or the second best quarterback from that 04 uh, draft class where it was him, Big Ben, and Eli Manning. Uh, what a draft class that was. Uh, like I said, a little surprising. Uh, it was always a possibility that Philip Rivers would retire, uh, but it really seemed like we would at least get Drew Brees' announcement before Philip Rivers. But Philip Rivers uh, does announce that he's retiring. He's going to chill with his nine kids. This guy's got nine kids. Holy smokes. Uh, he did release uh, a statement in which he has the, the names of all of his kids. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to read the statement that Philip Rivers released. Every year, January 20th is a special and emotional day. It is St. Sebastian's Feast Day, which is something that I have never heard of. Um, <laughs> the day I played in the AFC Championship without an ACL, which is crazy. Uh, and now that now the day that... What? Oh, shoot. Sorry. I forgot how to read there for a second. Sorry, just take that again. <laughs> the day I played in the AFC Championship without... And ACL. And now, the day after 17 seasons, I'm announcing my retirement from the National Football League. Thank you, God, for allowing me to live out my childhood dream of playing quarterback in the NFL. I am grateful to the Chargers for 16 seasons and the Colts for the 17th season. Thank you to all my coaches uh, that helped me grow as a player and a person. Thank you to the support staff. This is a lot longer than I thought it was. Um, I appreciate the opposing defenses making it challenging physically and mentally every week. I also enjoyed the banter. Who doesn't enjoy a little banter, right, Joe? Yeah, you're yeah. right. I appreciate the referees for putting up with all my fussing. I think I was right most of the time. Dead gummit, he says in the statement. So that's cool. Um, thanks to the fans in San Diego and around the nation that both cheered and booed. Thanks to my teammates, without a doubt, my favorite part of the game, being a teammate. Thank you for being mine. Lastly, thank you to my wife and best friend, Tiffany, and our children, Haley, Caroline, Grace, Gunner, Sarah, Peter, Rebecca, Claire, and Anna. <laughs> Could not have done it without y'all's unwavering support. As my playing career comes to an end, the next chapter begins, and then there's something in, I 
think Latin that I can't pronounce. I'm not going to say it. Latin. So that is Philip Rivers riding off into the sunset. Shout out to Philip Rivers, the man who literally one time played an AFC championship game with a torn ACL. It's crazy. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss the the part of his game where he talks all that crap uh, on the field. He was definitely one of the best uh, crap talkers. I guess I'm not going to say the S word on the podcast. <laughs> I guess I won't say the S word. I guess not. Uh, in, in in the history of the NFL, I love watching some of his mic'd up stuff uh, where he's just getting all up in somebody's face. Uh, so shout out and cheers to Philip Rivers on an amazing career, a Hall of Fame career for sure, without a doubt. Uh, see ya. Now moving on to the games that happened this weekend. Joe, how many games happened this weekend? Four. Wow. Six. Four. Wow. What? You shouldn't have said six, man. You got it right on the dot, right off the beginning. Four games this weekend in the divisional so round. So the next one's the, this is the semifinals, and then the this winning is the... two teams going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly right. Very good. So they haven't even played yet? No, that's, we're going to talk about that later. The four games. Yeah. No, two games. Two games this weekend. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, I forgot that two teams have to play <laughs> yeah. and one. Yeah. You, you have to have another team to play a game. Yep. Legally. You're obligated. Mm. Uh, and the first two teams that played this weekend was the Rams at the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers walked away with a 32-18 to victory. Aaron Rodgers continues on his MVP season. Uh, 23 for 36, 296 yards, two touchdowns. Also a rushing touchdown where he juked out a defender. Uh, and uh, this was a a dominant performance. It probably could have been more dominant by the Packers. Uh, but Jared Goff held his own for a while. And this defense did all they could uh, to stop what is an extremely, extremely balanced attack. And this is something that this, this game shows something that uh, I believed for a long time. And that it's no matter how good your defense is. Uh, and that is, you know, the, the Rams have the best defense in the NFL. They had the best defense coming into this game. Uh, good offense always, always, except for sometimes, trumps good defense. And that's exactly what happened in, in this game. Uh, the Packers offense put up 484 yards on the number one defense in the NFL. That's the, the first time this season that the Los Angeles Rams allowed over 400 yards of offense uh, and it was in in the biggest of all spots. Uh, Aaron Donald was not right in this game. Uh, you could tell he he was he was not totally healthy. And when he's not healthy, that makes it infinitely harder on the rest of that defense. Uh, he was very emotional at the end of the game. Uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, he is playing at a borderline psych- psychotic level right now. I mean, he is. You can tell he just knows he is the best thing in football right now. And he there's a there's a clip of him uh, grinning from ear to ear before a play, uh, just knowing that he's got this team beat. And that's exactly what he did. And, and to me, what makes this Packers team so dominant and so dangerous, and you have to go back a few episodes, or it would probably be at least like eight episodes. I talked about who I thought the most dangerous team in the NFL was. And I said it was the Green Bay Packers. And I think their balance offensively, uh, they have they have a tremendous trio of running backs there. Uh, Aaron Jones had himself 99 yards in this game. Uh, and then you had Jamal Williams with 65. And then A.J. Dillon even pitched in uh, with, with 27 on six carries. So 191 rush yards altogether. And then you add on top 
the MVP of the league. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat. And they have a defense that's, you know, it's not great, but it's good enough. It's got some pieces. Uh, you got Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, uh, and then you have Jair uh, Alexander uh, as, as the boundary corner, one of the best, most underrated corners uh, in the NFL. And, and that was just too much for the Rams to handle. Uh, the Rams are are a, a fantastic defense, and, and it's crazy how much things have changed because it was just a few years back when they're in the Super Bowl and we're talking about how great their offense is. And now it's seeming like uh, there's rumors swirling that maybe Jared Goff and Sean McVay don't have a great relationship, and who knows how long Jared Goff will be there. Uh, and, and, and crazy how much things have changed uh, since that uh, dud that they had in the Super Bowl. But the Packers are moving on, uh, and the Rams are not. And then we move on to the next game, and it was the night game there on Saturday. The Ravens at the Bills. Uh, this one was was fixing to be a, a shootout. Uh, two offenses and two not that great defenses uh, heading off uh, against each other, but it ended up being exactly the opposite of that. A 17-3 final score for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, and every single time I pick against the Buffalo Bills, uh, I'm wrong. So I think I might just completely stop doing that. We'll see later on in the episode. Uh, but Josh Allen, uh, despite having a slow uh, game, uh, he did, didn't play maybe his best game. He finished 27 for 37, 206 yards and a touchdown. Him and Stephon Diggs still found a way uh, to connect for 106 yards and a touchdown, despite Josh Allen not playing otherworldly as he has at times this season. Uh, the the Bills still found a way uh, to pull out this win, or maybe the Ravens just found a way to lose this game. Uh, and there, there was a lot that went wrong for the Baltimore Ravens uh, in this game. It started off, like I said, super slow for both offenses. Both defenses played really well uh, in this game. Uh, the, the Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, Wink Martindale, and and the, the Bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, really cooked up a fantastic game plan. Both offenses were stagnant. They were not able to get anything going. This went into halftime 3-3 uh, because ju- uh, a bunch of missed kicks. Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker, Joe, your guy, Justin Tucker, best kicker ever. He missed? He missed twice. His first kick, <gasps> he misses off the left upright, clangs it off the left upright. So Opera what, singer Justin Tucker? Yeah, the opera singer. The one that seven gets, different languages. Yeah, seven Just, different Justin languages. Justin Tucker. He found about seven different ways to miss, miss kicks in this game. Yeah, it was actually insane. Justin Tucker doesn't miss kicks. He just doesn't. And it was an extremely windy day and a miserable day. Uh, but the first kick in, in the first in the first half, he clangs off the left upright. So what, what do you do? Okay, I'm obviously kicking, you know, too far left. So I'm going to adjust, kick the other way. And what does he do with the second kick? Right off the right upright. So the complete opposite. He over adjusted. Uh, just a crazy overall first half. Um, going into half. Like we talked about, it was it was three three, uh, and then Buffalo comes out with the first drive of that second half, uh, puts up a touchdown on a long drive, and then the the Baltimore Ravens come down the field. Looks like they're about to tie it up. Third and goal. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws a pass into the end zone, uh, and it goes from a potential tie game to a fourteen point swing because it's picked off by Teron. Johnson and returned 101 yards for the touchdown and that was absolutely the turning point of this game Deron Johnson the turning point some people were say of this Bills franchise I mean it would look like the Baltimore Ravens were going to storm 
back into this game and 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 make this a fight. And Teron Johnson's pick six completely destroyed the Baltimore Ravens because they fell apart completely after this game. They could not get a snap off. Uh, there was a couple times throughout this game where the snap was so horrible that the play was broken from the beginning uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And then after this pick six, um, the snap goes over Lamar Jackson's head. Lamar Jackson is is near his own end zone. He throws the ball away. It's intentional grounding. So there's a penalty. He also gets a concussion. He's out for the game. So now backup Tyler Huntley has to come into the game and try to lead a comeback against the Buffalo Bills, uh, one of the best teams in the NFL. He surprised he could not do it. Tyler Huntley, a guy you've never heard of. Uh, but it was a complete come apart by the Baltimore Ravens. And really just, just hats off to Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator there uh, for the Buffalo Bills. He cooked up a, an amazing game plan. He blitzed uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens a ton. I have not seen Lamar Jackson hit that many times uh, in a game in a long time. That was really the key uh, to the game. I'm interested to see uh, what he does next week against a completely different offense because these uh, these two offenses in this game were polar opposites. The Bills refused to run the ball and the Ravens early on in this game refused to pass the ball. Uh, so the the Bills defense is going to go from a team that refuses to pass the ball to a team that is all about passing, very much like them uh, next week uh, in, in the Kansas City Chiefs. And then on to the Sunday game. And the first game was the Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs walk away with a 22-17 victory uh, over the Cleveland Browns. Patrick Mahomes finishes 21 for 30, 255 yards and a touchdown. Him and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kel- Kelsey uh, combined. For, they both had over 100 yards. That was a horrible way of saying that. Goodness gracious. Uh, but Tyreek Hill finishes with 110 yards. Uh, Travis Kelsey with 109 yards and a touchdown. Um, Baker finishes 23 for 37, 204 yards, a touchdown and a pick. And uh, this game was a doozy. I'm not going to lie. Um, Kansas City started off red hot. And we it looked like this would probably be a blowout. And the Browns were going to get embarrassed after embarrassing the Steelers last week. Um, but then Cleveland uh, storms their way down the field before halftime. Uh, has, a, has a fantastic drive. Uh, and it ends in the most heartbreaking of fashions. The stupidest rule in all of sports once again, rears his ugly head. Richard Hollywood Higgins catches the ball from Baker Mayfield, diving towards the end zone, has the ball knocked out of his grasp uh, with a helmet-to-helmet hit, honestly, from Daniel Sorensen. Uh, it gets knocked out of the end zone, and by rule, for some reason, that's a touchback for the other team, so they lose possession of the ball, no touchdown. That was devastating, because then, uh, going into the half, it's now 16-3. to um, Sorry, no... Th- yeah, something like that. Uh, anyways, the, the Chiefs have a lead, and a bigger lead, because the Chiefs go down the field now and kick a field goal, uh, and that was that that was looked to be the dagger uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, or for the the Cleveland Browns rather. Uh, I honestly thought that was it. That was going to be their only chance to come into this uh, come back in this game, uh, but then they had another uh, chance, and that was when Patrick Mahomes went down with a concussion. It was really a scary, scary hit. Uh, he got hit, and he looked like he was in another world. He didn't look like he knew where he was. Uh, I think his neck got twisted, uh, maybe a whiplash type of deal, but he goes into concussion protocol. Chad Henney comes in, immediately starts marching them down the field uh, and throws the ugliest interception 
you'll ever see. <laughs> I mean, to just to absolutely no one. Uh, so the Browns have one final chance. It would look like to to march down the field, and they they're going for it. Uh, they're they're marching down the field, and Kevin Stefanski, who's been uh, aggressive all day, going going for it on fourth down. He has a fourth and nine uh, with under five minutes left and one timeout left. He decides not to go for it. Uh, they punt the ball away to Chad Henney. I know for a fact if Patrick Mahomes was playing that game, there's no way they punt that ball away. But because Chad Henney was playing, he just threw an awful interception. They decide, hey, uh, you know, we'll give him one more, we'll, we'll give our defense one more shot to make a stop against Chad Henney. Uh, and they absolutely couldn't do it uh, because on <laughs> Chad Henney marches them down the field. Uh, they have a third and 14 after Henney takes a terrible sack. Uh, but on third and 14, uh, Henny runs for about 13 yards, puts his body on the line to get that final yard, is just short, fourth and one. Andy Reid brings out everybody uh, in, in shotgun. It looks like they're just going to, going to try to draw the Browns off sides. And I was saying, no way he goes for it. And so is Tony Romo. No way he goes for it uh, in shotgun. And originally an empty backfield they ended up motioning a running back back uh, later on in, in, before the play was snapped. But I was like, there's no way they go for this on fourth and one uh, in basically at half at at midfield. Uh, and they snap the ball, a rollout to a wide open Tyreek Hill. Tony Romo loses his mind uh, and Cleveland falls to Kansas City. And now Patrick Mahomes still in concussion protocol. So we're hoping, hoping, praying that he can play next week. Uh, but a big time win for the Chiefs and, and for the Browns. This sucks. It sucks to lose. It always sucks to lose. But I think that Browns fans can be proud uh, of, of what this team has accomplished this year. This is not the same old Browns anymore. Uh, this was a, a resilient, resilient game. Uh, they, they refused to quit. And you can say, oh, yeah, who knows? You know, they would have maybe been blown out if Patrick Mahomes stayed in that game. Uh, but if if ifs and buts were, were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. You know, Joe? Uh, and, and, and that's, that's really what it comes down to, you know, uh, who cares, uh, who's in the game. They, they fought so hard, uh, to, to, to try to win this game. They came oh so close. Uh, so I'm excited to see the, the future, uh, for Cleveland. I'm excited to see Kansas city next week, uh, in the AFC championship against the Buffalo bills. And then the final game of the divisional round, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Buccaneers walk away, finally beating the Saints, third time's a charm for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 30-20. to 20. Uh, Tom Brady outduels Drew Brees in what looks to be, it's not official yet, but it looks to be Drew Brees' final game uh, of his career. This game uh, was a super hot start for the Saints, just like uh, in, in the Chiefs game. Uh, the Saints got off to a toward hot start. Two huge punt returns. One of them called back by penalty. It looked like uh, the Saints were going to run away with this game early. Uh, but the the, the Bucks defense uh, kind of took over uh, after that because they could not get anything really going uh, after that hot start other than Jameis Winston trick play where he uh, where he gave, uh, handed the ball off and then pitched it back to Jameis Winston. He had a 56-yard bomb for a touchdown. Other than that, the offense for uh, the New Orleans Saints could not get anything going. Drew Brees finishes 19 for 34, 134 yards, uh, a touchdown, and three interceptions. 
Uh, and those three interceptions were huge, were huge in, in the Buccaneers' victory. And it, it's tough to see a great player like Drew Brees go out like this, uh, go out kind of sad. But uh, on the other hand, on the other sideline, uh, to see Tom Brady, a guy who has been winning games like this for t over 20 years already. I mean, it, it, it's absurd. Uh, and, and you can talk about the defense and absolutely uh, guys like Devin White were huge for the Buccaneers in this game. He had 10 tackles, an interception and a fumble recovery. He had the, the final dagger interception uh, of Drew Brees and Leonard Fournette played well. Uh, Ronald Jones played well, uh, but, but you cannot tell me that this Bucs team would be here uh, with Jameis Winston at quarterback or with whoever at quarterback. Tom Brady, uh, what he's done this year and what he's done for 20-some years now uh, is, is insane. Uh, and this is from somebody, coming from somebody that as a child growing up, I had to witness Tom Brady ruin my Sundays for my entire life. Uh, I hated Tom Brady. Uh, he, he was my least favorite person. Uh, and as I've grown older, I've kind of learned to respect what Tom Brady has done in the fact that he, he just wins. He just wins games like this. He wins games every week. He wins big games. Uh, he wins small games. He just wins. Uh, and that really is what, what separates him from every other great quarterback ever. Um, his his playoff wins he has more than double the amount of playoff wins as the uh, as the number two guy uh, it's it's just completely absurd uh, so as much as this should be maybe about Drew Brees and his retirement and we'll get into that you know on, on on a future podcast when Drew Brees maybe officially announces his retirement um, but as of this moment he has not but I I think this should also be a celebration of Tom Brady putting his team in position again to compete for a Super Bowl. People thought, oh, he, he will never be anything without Bill Belichick. Uh, and now you look at where the New England Patriots are, a very similar roster to what Tom Brady had uh, last year. Tom Brady led, led them to a 12-4 and record in the playoffs, uh, and now they didn't make the playoffs this year. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, a very similar roster to what they had last year. Jameis Winston could lead this team to the playoffs. Tom Brady leads them to a game within the Super Bowl. Who knows how much further they're going? But to me... It's just insane to see what Tom Brady has done uh, year in and year out. Uh, and, and it's unbelievable that he's doing all this at 43. He had 40 touchdowns this season at 43 years old. Uh, that's insane. So shout out to Tom Brady uh, and shout out to Drew, Drew Brees as well. It sucks to go out like this because uh, the Saints have had so many heartbreaking playoff losses throughout the years. Uh, but still a fantastic career and a fantastic run uh, by the Saints and by Drew Brees, and it'll be crazy to think uh, that somebody else will be will be playing quarterback full time uh, for the for the New Orleans Saints next year, and it's going to be a, a very interesting offseason for them as they're just way over the cap, hundreds of millions of dollars over the cap, uh, and who knows who their quarterback's going to be, who knows where they're going to go, but that wraps up all the divisional games. So why don't we move on to next week and the championship games? Now we finally move on to an extremely, extremely exciting weekend uh, in NFL, in NFL football, in the NFL. Uh, that's what we talk about on this podcast, NFL football, um, championship weekend, championship weekend. And I honestly think these four teams is the best case scenario, best case Ontario uh, for 
championship weekend. These are the four teams I wanted to, to see. I think a lot of people want to see. I think I think these are the four best teams uh, in the NFL. You can argue other teams. Sure, do it. But in my opinion, these are the four best teams. And I'm happy to see them make it this far. And, and, and it's going to be an extremely exciting weekend. Uh, four really good offenses. Uh, and four defenses that are probably won't be able to keep up, to be honest with you. In the first game uh, on Sunday is Tampa Bay versus Green Bay, the Battle of the Bays. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Who thought we would ever see Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers against each other in the playoffs? I know everybody was projecting them uh, as a Super Bowl matchup for years and years, uh, but we finally get them in the playoffs, and it's on the NFC side of the bracket. Uh, and, and this is going to be uh, a fun game, honestly. I talked about earlier how I thought Green Bay is one of the most complete teams in the NFL. And I think the same can be said for the other Bay, Tampa Bay. I think that uh, these two teams might be the two, the two most complete teams uh, in the NFL. Uh, offensively, defensively, run game, pass game, all that stuff. I think the Bucs, uh, they, they, they have a, a running game that's really coming into their own. Uh, Ronald Jones is playing well. Uh, Leonard Fournette's playing well all of a sudden. It's like they saved him up now for uh, the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Tom Brady's playing uh, fantastic. Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind, like I said, at a borderline psychotic level. Uh, I think his confidence is at an all-time high. And uh, I hope I hope we see a shootout here. I hope it's just Brady and Rodgers going back and forth. All these weapons that they have. I'm talking Devontae Adams, uh, Alan Lazard. Um, uh, and then you got the running backs there for Green Bay. And then obviously on the Tampa Bay side, you got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronk, and then you got Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, all those weapons. I just want to see them full force. Uh, these defenses are good, but I don't know if they're good enough uh, to, to, to slow down these offenses. And I'm hoping we see a shootout. And I have not picked either of these games yet to this point. So I'm hoping I can convince myself... Uh, some way, somehow, uh, to pick one of these teams. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I think this is going to be a tougher matchup than some people think. Uh, as dominant as Green Bay has been, they did lose to Tampa Bay 38-10 to in Week 6. And now, you know, how much can we take away from a Week 6 game right now? I don't think we can take much away. I think these are two very, very different teams. I think Green Bay is, is not at all the team that they were at that point. Uh, and I think Tampa Bay is not really the team that they were at that point. Uh, but this game... Uh, should be entertaining. I hope that both these games are entertaining. And I think uh, if I had to pick it, and I do, because this is a podcast about football, I, it's so tough because Green Bay, I think Green Bay is the better team. I think Aaron Rodgers right now is the better quarterback. I think they have the better offense. Uh, I think they have the better defense. But but Tom Brady just wins games, man. He just wins games. I talked about this. He just He just wins football games. So I, I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to upset the Green Bay Packers uh, here, and Tom Brady goes to I think what would be his tenth Super Bowl. So and then the old dog gets to play the new dog. Yeah, which what which new dog is that? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, you're you're picking him already. That's right? my pick. Okay. Is he gonna play? If he plays next week, if he doesn't, then nice. No. Then That's the good other analysis, team. Joe. Very good. 
but yeah, the old dog gets to play one of the young dogs. Josh Allen's also a young dog. So I guess, you know, that could happen. So I'm picking Tampa Bay. I don't feel all that great about it. But uh, Tom Brady just wins games, man. And as much as I love Green Bay, it is, I said that they're dangerous. They're the most dangerous team uh, in the NFL. Uh, but I don't know. We just got to watch the game, I guess. And then moving on to the next game, the AFC Championship game. And all I have to say about this game is please, please let, please let Aaron Rodgers, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes be able to play this weekend because this game loses a lot. If it's Chad Henney versus Josh Allen, uh, it's not quite the same ring to it as Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Um, if We're going to talk about this game as if Patrick Mahomes is playing because I hope he is playing because does it get any more fun uh, than Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen right now? Uh, in this game, another one should be, a com- should be a shootout. And I hope it's a shootout. Both these defenses... Uh, have not played all that well this season. Now, the Bills' defense was amazing last week. Uh, that's that's without a doubt. Leslie Frazier was awesome. Uh, but, but you go back the week before that, they struggled a little bit against the Colts. And I said, going into that Ravens game, that the run defense for Buffalo was the problem. Uh, but the run defense played phenomenal uh, in that game uh, and, and played probably better than the pass defense. Uh, and, and now they're going to have to totally flip that and play really, really good pass defense against Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the NFL, uh, in the best passing offense really in the NFL, other than maybe the Bills. Uh, and, and to me, the key to this game is what defense is going to step up uh, because I think there's going to be a ton of points scored. Even if, if if we do get Chad Henney, I still think the Chiefs will score points. Uh, to me, there's going to be points scored. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, there's going to be um, short drives, big plays. Uh, the key to me is which defense is going to step up. Uh, and there's players on each defense that need to step up. And the key, uh, the X factor for me is Honey Badger on the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyron Matthew, um, he's a guy we've seen multiple times uh, in big games. We saw it last year uh, in the postseason when a big play needs to happen. Honey Badger makes a big play. We saw it last week against the Browns. He had a big interception. And to me, uh, this Chiefs defense is not very good. They've played awful at times this year. So when it comes down to it, you need your best player. And you could argue that's maybe Chris Jones. But we're going to say for the sake of this argument that that's Tyron Matthew. You need him to make the play. And I think it. I wouldn't be surprised down the stretch. This game comes down to the wire. uh, And Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger... Uh, makes a big play, whether it be a, a, a interception, a pass breakup, or or something. Uh, we've seen it time and time again with Tyron Matthew. He makes these big plays. And I think he's going to have to do that again uh, for this Kansas City Chiefs team to come out with a win. And now, uh, if I'm picking this game, and I said earlier, I just I, every time I pick against Buffalo, it does not work out. And I put a ton of consideration into this. Uh, I really... I. Still, as I'm talking right now, I'm not totally sure who I'm going to pick uh, in this game. But I guess if, if I have to pick, uh, I'm going to side with as long as Patrick... And this is why it's tough. We still don't know if Patrick Mahomes is playing. He has practiced limited this week. Still in concussion protocol, but he's practiced uh, practiced, practiced it in a limited fashion. Uh, hopefully he can play. Uh, and if he does, I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs 
go on to their second Super Bowl to play Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't believe I picked Tampa Bay when I picked Green Bay uh, and Kansas City from the beginning of the playoffs to make it. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to say Green Bay wins the first game. I'm going to say Kansas City wins this game. And we have a, a rematch of Super Bowl one, uh, And that that's my picks. I'm looking forward to this weekend in football, Joe. I don't know about you. You know, obviously you're going to be watching all, all, all the football. Um, that kind of wraps up the show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I don't know if vibes were kind of different today. Obviously with the light bulb out, as you guys can tell. Um, hope it, hope all is well with you guys. <laughs> I don't know. As you can it's tell. crazy that I never know how to end the show every time. We've done this 41 times now. Uh, and I still never really know how to wrap it up. Joe, you got anything you want to wrap up the show with? Uh, any Throw me a life preserver. Please. Yeah. So like and subscribe. Share the show with your friends. Um, leave us a rating. Mm. Uh, say something silly. Say something silly. And uh, we'll say it on the on the freaking pod. And we'll say it on the pod. Yeah. Say something silly. We'll say it on the pod. And uh, follow us. Social medias. At underscore average joe underscore average joe show average joe show yep oh yeah you got it very good perfect uh yeah i guess that that wraps things up hope you guys enjoyed hope you're all as well you know in these crazy times again you know everything's crazy everything's different uh, but one thing that stays the same one thing that stays constant constant and that's the average joe football show putting out content every week even if we're recording it on a wednesday instead of a tuesday it doesn't mm. matter man mm. even if joe has to stay up until lord knows how long to edit this mm-hmm. even if that happens we're still going to upload content so make sure you share this with your friends uh and make sure you watch football this weekend uh, and we will catch you guys on the next one